Well, good morning, community of faith. How are we doing today? Here. I love it. All of you that are at home watching right now, so glad you've joined us for church this morning, 1130 service. I want to talk to you about what it really means to be community of faith. We're, We're looking back at the very first church that ever started, and we're seeing what they did, and we're getting some idea about what that means for us, and I think it's really powerful um, what God's going to show us. You know, I was thinking this week, what is community of faith all about? I mean, why do we exist? What's, what's the deal? And I, be, I, I thought a lot this week about my friend Derek. Derek, um, I first met him when we were uh, it, not even in a building yet. Uh, and we used a Starbucks as our office, which was a great thing for me since I love to drink that much coffee, you know. But Starbucks was our office, and we picked the one that, was, that said C-O-F-F-E-E, but the F-E-E at the bottom was hidden by a couch, so it just said C-O-F. And I said, there's our home office right there. And we would meet up there, and I would counsel, and uh, we'd do a lot of things, and, you know, it wasn't really very conducive to counseling because community of faith, you guys are loud when you argue. You know that? And so, you know, I'd have a couple, and I'm counseling, and they just start arguing really loud or maybe start cussing at each other, and I would tell everybody, excuse us, we're from Second Baptist, but we're, uh, and, uh, you know, but I met Derek there. His, he and his wife were having some issues, and big old guy. Arms crossed across the little table from me, you know. Each of us had like a latte sitting in front of us. And, and he said, Pastor, before you start, he had a really low voice. Pastor, before you start, you just need to know that I'm an agnostic. And I said, well, fantastic. That's awesome. And, and he kind of looked at me funny, you know. And, and I said, uh, well, I just want to tell you, Derek, what's been going on. And I don't know you yet personally, but I'm looking forward to getting to know you. But I think probably what's going to happen, this has been happening a lot, I'm going to share with you a little bit about, um, you know, your marriage, about God, we'll talk about some of that, but somewhere in the middle of this conversation today, God's going to reach across and just grab hold of your heart, and you're going to know that he's really real and that he really exists, and, and that you won't, and you won't be an agnostic anymore after that. And he's just looking at me like, what? But I mean, God was just moving like that all the time, you know, and and still is, and, and so anyway, I just, we were talking, and I was sharing with him some things, and about an hour into it, all of a sudden, this big old muscular guy, head of his own company, he, he just teared up, you could see the tears, and, and he just went like this, he goes, I think he's getting me, pastor, and he goes, what do I do, and, and I said, well, you just say, I want to step into this journey with you. Jesus, if you're real, and I guess you are because you're grabbing my heart right now, I want to step into this journey with you full out. And I said, just make him the boss of your life, ask him to forgive your sins, and he's, and, and say, I want you. I'm living full out for you. I'm walking with you. You just fill me up. And he prayed that prayer himself simply. It was really an interesting prayer because it was like, you know, oh, God, who I've never believed in before, you know. Um, but Derek's life changed. I mean, he, he got so involved here, and he, was, he, he made an impact on so many people. He and I got to be big workout partner buddies, and man, he couldn't help. He would just, he would just tell everybody at the gym, uh, you know, about God all the time. i say, Derek, can we get another set in? Oh, hang on, hang on, you know, and he's just talking about God all the time, and um, 
he finally, he got so involved that I let him head up one of our, our very first mission trip to Burundi, Africa, you know, where all that amazing stuff has happened. And we went there, I went, but Derek was kind of leading the group. And, and uh, it, was, it was crazy because Burundi is like no other place. They don't get tourists, okay? Nobody goes to Burundi if they can help it. And, uh, and so there we are as Americans in Burundi, and I'm trying to figure out what we can do. So I said, oh, well, look, they said they have a zoo. Let's take them to the zoo. This is a zoo like no other, okay? Because the only thing at the zoo basically that they have are like giant crocodiles. I mean giant, like 25-foot-long crocodiles. And you know what the special thing they did? Watch, they said, this is going to be great. And they fed them live guinea pigs in front of us. Yeah, that was not cool. And I did not know guinea pigs could yell like that, you know? And they're really crunchy. The, um, the, the thing is, my group's horrified. So I'm going like, can we move along here real quickly? And, do some, and, and we went to the snake exhibit, and they had all of these poisonous snakes. And then they would pull them out and, and uh, throw them on the ground and get them all riled up to strike at them. And I'm like, I've never seen anything like this in my life. I said, isn't that dangerous? And this guy looked real sad. He goes, yeah, I lost one of my friends last week. And I'm just looking, and, and he said, uh, he said, we just do this for tips. And I said, here's 20 bucks, put them all back in there and never do that again, okay? But what was great, we got to the cobra aquarium looking thing and there's nothing in there. And they go, dang it, he's escaped again. And the whole rest of the trip around the zoo, we hadn't got to the, that was, we did that before the crocodiles. We went to the crocodile. Derek had found him a big long stick and he would come up behind everybody in the group and start like kind of like just messing with their ankles and stuff, you know? You've never seen so many people scream in all your life. Well, that was Derek. He just had, he had a blast uh, about everything. And I was, you know, I was thinking about him because I had to leave early. And I said to Claude, our guy on the ground there, I said, can you take this group on safari? I like them not to come all the way to Africa and not have safari. Well, the problem is there's still miscommunication, even as good of English as Claude speaks, safari means trip in Swahili. So he goes, safari, okay. Well, they don't have animals, he said, and I didn't know this, but they don't have animals in Burundi, okay? Claude told me they ate them a long time ago. And, um, and so he took them, Derek's in charge. They get up on day of safari. We're going on safari, everybody's excited. Claude takes them five hours down this little dirt road to a cheese factory that had like eight pieces of cheese in it. Derek called me up and says, I'm going to kill you, <laughs> you know? This, like, it was like a 20-hour, it ended up being like, you know, like a 15, 20-hour trip all, all said and done by the time they got back to see five pieces of cheese. Well, Derek and I, we just got to be such good buddies, and we were such good friends, and he was so involved, in, and, and we, everybody, you know, I mean, just like now, if you're involved in the church, people have each other's back like crazy. He went through a, a really, really nasty divorce, and there were some things that happened that just really, it kind of like, he felt like maybe it would feel funny to come to church and he kind of dropped out. And I said, Derek, no, we're all, you know, you already know we're all in this boat together. But he dropped out, didn't come back. And, you know, I said, well, get involved somewhere, dude. Never did. This past Wednesday, Derek took his life. And, it was wee hours of the, of the morning on Wednesday, and he didn't call anybody. He didn't reach out 
to anybody. And there were so many people still in our church that loved him so much. And I know there were things that were going on. There was, I can't, there's a lot of things like that, but I, I began to think about it. And, and you know, here's the thing though. Let me just tell you something about, Derek is with Jesus right now. You know that. You see, and I think when he got up to heaven, God wiped the tears from his eyes because the Bible says God's gonna wipe all the tears from our eyes. And I think he looked at him and he said, well done, little boy. And some of you are kind of taken back at that because you're going like, that doesn't sound like a good ending. That doesn't sound like a well done. Did you think God was a father who used performance-based acceptance? Well, that might have been your daddy, but that's not God. He said, well done, little boy. In this crazy world down there, it's all messed up and everything's out of kilter and everything's wrong. You found me, I found you. I remember Starbucks. And he stepped into me. And yeah, there was a lot of bumps along the way. It didn't turn out at the end the way I would have wished it would have, but well done. Little boy, you made it to me. And guess who else was there to grab him? My dad, my dad loved Derek. So they're telling jokes and stuff. Derek's probably got some kind of branch, you know, with the angels messing around with their ankles. I'm not sure. But as I began to think about that, I thought, you know, I could almost guarantee you that Derek would still be here if he had stayed with us. Because the best version of me is found in community. The best version of you is found in community. And as we are here for each other, that's what it, you're going to see that as we talk about what it means to be church. Listen to the very first church. You know, last week, Wes talked about how Peter preached this crazy sermon, you know, and 3,000 people said, I want Jesus, and they baptized them all right there. And then here's what they did after that in Acts 2.42. It says, every believer was faithfully devoted to following the teachings of the apostles. Their hearts were mutually linked to one another, sharing communion and coming together regularly for prayer. We see these things that they did that made it church. You know, I, I went to physical therapy um, this week and that was just a blast, you guys. That's not really fun at all. But did you know that um, because I had torn that patellar tendon, you know the patellar tendon is attached at the, at the bone right there, your shin bone, and then to your quads. You know what your quads are? They're those four big muscles in your front thigh. There's four different ones. And it doesn't, it's not attached anywhere else. So when that snapped down there, when I fell on those stairs, it snapped like a rubber band and it shot way. And so it just pulled and all my quads went way up here. And so did my kneecap. My kneecap was like in the middle of my thigh and um, it was really not too great. And, um, you know, but what I realized now that they've attached it all back, my quads are, they've fallen asleep. They, they don't even remember what to do anymore. They don't even know who they are, you know? And so that's what the, the, the physical therapist, we had to wake those quads back up. Well, when you look at what this, this church was doing, it was kind of a faith quads. They did faith quads. There's, there's four things that they did. Look what it says that they did. It says they were faithfully devoted to the, the teaching of the apostles. So they were listening to Bible teaching, okay? It said they were mutually linked to one another. Some versions say fellowship. They were involved in fellowship. 
And I love that word, fellowship. But it means we were mutually linked to one another. They were sharing communion, which is, you know, the time when we always say we're going to have communion and we take the bread and the cup. What does that mean? It means that they were keeping the main thing, the main thing. They were remembering, we're not here for social stuff. We're not here just to hang around. We're here centered around what Jesus did for us on the cross, what Derek learned at Starbucks, that he set us free if we make him the boss of our life. And he changes everything. And then it says, and they were coming together regularly for prayer. There was not, that wasn't just praying off by themselves. They were getting together and praying. I love that thought of our hearts linked together. How do you get your heart linked together? I remember one of the most important times that my heart got linked to someone way back in the day. Uh, let's go way, way back. 19 years old. So amazingly good looking me. I like to think the older I get, the cuter I was, you know. But I met this little beautiful blonde girl on a college trip to the Guadalupe River. How many been to the Guadalupe River? Yeah, uh-huh. And, and we were intertubing down the river with this group of guys and gals. And you know what I remember? I remember throwing my tube in right next to this pretty girl. And we were floating together. And then pretty soon I reached over and grabbed her hand because I didn't want us to float apart, you know? I'll hold your hand. I could have probably held the inner tube, but no, I was holding her hand. And, and, and she was trying to figure out as we went down, and we had the most amazing conversation for the next six hours, floating down the Guadalupe, freezing cold water. I didn't notice any of that. I was sunburned to a crisp. I don't even think I put any sunscreen on, you know? I did not care. And by the end of it, my heart was mutually linked to this girl, and it's been that way ever since. I married her. She's sitting right over there, and she looks better than ever, right? And I'm just, I mean, I just, it started right there. It's this crazy thing, mutually linked. It's just, as we talked and laughed, and I thought, who is this amazing girl? Not only is she beautiful, but she's, I mean, she's amazing. And she loves God with all of her heart. And she wants to be a missionary nurse. This is crazy. I never met some girl like that, you know. And so we're to do that. How do you do that? You can't do that with me right now. I mean, our hearts are linked. There's no question. I feel you out there. You feel me up here. But you have to do it in a smaller setting. We call them home teams. That's what I want you to do. Because here's what I want you to realize. Church is not an event you attend. It's a family you belong to. It's not an event. It's a family. In fact, God wants us to understand what church is so much that he uses in the Bible three metaphors, three word pictures for church that are, it helps us to understand how we're to connect deeply. See, connecting to other believers in church is like no other connection that you're ever going to have because it's eternal. Did you know that even your marriage relationship is not eternal? Jesus said we're not married in heaven. And some of you are going, thank God. Others of us are going like, what? I want to be, I, I love her. I want to, what, what? Well, see, I just think it's going to be even cooler for 
for those of you that feel like that, because I told Laura, I said, here's what I'm imagining. You know, I see you and you see me and there's no marriage, but I go, hey girl, and I grab her and I squeeze her really tight and she just like pops into me and I into her and we're just one being called Lark, Mark and Laura, you know? And I don't know what it's gonna be like. It's probably gonna be better than that, okay? But you know, if you see someone larking around up there, you'll know what it is. The thing is, these relationships last forever. Business is not gonna last forever. Anything else that you're doing, any social things that you have, this is the only relationship. When we look at the word pictures, here's what we see. The church is God's home, is one of them. The church is God's body, and the church is God's branches. So what happens when I step into being an integral part of community of faith? And by that, I mean stepping in hard, becoming a part of a team, a home team, a serving team, or something. Well, let's look at metaphor one, or word picture one. The church is God's home. What that really is meaning, it means we experience Christ's presence. Listen to this. Ephesians chapter two. You no longer, talking about you, you no longer are wandering exiles. This kingdom of faith is now your home country. You no longer are strangers or outsiders. You belong here with as much right to the name Christian as anyone. God is building a home. He's using us all, irrespective of how we got here and what he's building. He used the apostles and the prophets for the foundation. Now he's using you, fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone that holds all the parts together. We see it taking shape day after day, a holy temple built by God, all of us built into it, a temple in which God is quite at home. Now, this is something you can't do on your own. You can only do it in community. He said brick by brick. It's not like Pink Floyd, just another brick in the wall, you know? No, it's something really special. It's connection. It's something deep and, and, and brick by brick, every brick important. And this is not the building we're talking about. Oh, the church building. Because so many people think of church as a building. The church isn't a building. This is just a building that the church meets in. You know who the church is. You know who the home is. You know who the building is. You. You are part of this. You're being built on what has already been, even on the apostle Paul and Peter and all of that, you're built on all of, you're still built, getting built into a home. You're Christ's home, God's home. Let me clarify the difference between I go to community of faith and I am community of faith, because that's my goal for you, that after today you decide I'm gonna, I am community of faith. When I go to the grocery store, and I'll see a lot of you there. And, you know, I can always tell, I'm pretty sure that you go to the church if you just keep staring at me, trying to figure out what cereal I'm gonna pick up, you know? And, and sometimes people just stop and they just stare because they go, is that the pastor? I don't know. And with the mask on now, it's even better, okay? Because you're thinking, you know, who was that masked man? But here's the thing. I know it's, and so I'll say, hi, are you the pastor at Community of Faith? I am. I love your church. 
Well, I know right away that's an attender. That's someone that says, I go to community of faith. But then sometimes I'll meet some of you. And I meet you at church and, and you go, hey, Mark. Hey, how you doing? Oh, pretty bored during this stuff, you know. Just glad to get out to the grocery store at least and do something, you know. I love our church. That is, I am community of faith. That's not my church, not Lars' church. It's our church. I am community of faith. It's our family, our church. The difference between I go to community of faith and I am community of faith is the difference between living together and getting married. It's called commitment. Now, I hope I didn't offend you, okay? Here's the great thing. If you're here right now and you're living together, I love you so much. And I want you to even take that next step of commitment. You know how last week, two weeks ago, I said, hey, if you have never been baptized, you just need to get baptized. It's gonna be amazing. And we will come to your house and baptize you in a mud puddle in your backyard if you want us to, right? And there was like 70, what, of us got baptized this week. Really fun. I don't know of anyone in a mud puddle, but we were ready. My, one of my good friends got baptized in my pool, and it was so awesome because, you know, I couldn't do it, but I'd heated up the pool, and two of our young staff came over to baptize him, and they were ready. I mean, they had on rubber gloves. They had on the mask. And, and I, I told David, I said, David, this is amazing today because it's kind of a, a twofer, you know? I said, you not only get baptized, but they do a colonoscopy while you're down there, you know? <laughs> but here, here's the thing. It, it was, you know, it's so crazy with all the COVID stuff, but you went under the water, buried with Christ in baptism, raised to walk in a brand new life, and he came out, yes, I've been waiting all my life to do that. I love this. I want to be a part. I want to be in the family. I want to walk with Jesus with all that I am. And it was so cool to see that. So let me just tell you, if you're living together, same thing. Not we'll baptize you in a mud puddle, okay? But we'll marry you. We'll marry you right down here at the front. I'll get Wes to do it. You know, right after the service. Say, well, what about all the, you know, the government stuff? You can fill it out later. I don't care about that. Okay, but take that next step of commitment. I'll go to your house or somebody will, you know. I mean, in the office, in the garage, I don't care. But let's step into all that God has for us. I go to community of faith, comes to an event. I am community of faith, belongs to a family. It's the difference between believing and belonging. And the Bible has called us, Jesus called, God said, I don't want you just to simply believe. I want you also to belong. Let me explain it this way. You you become a Christian by committing your life to Christ. But you, you become a member of a local church family by committing to other believers. This is gonna be my family, my spiritual home. A lot of people in America today are kind of like into dating the bride of Christ, you know? I'm just gonna kind of go over here and go over there. And, and there's a lot of good churches, but kind of like rabbits, you know, hopping from place to place. And there are a lot of great churches around here. I could give you a list of really good churches within driving distance of this church. And we're all on the same team. We're not in competition. In fact, I know the priests and the pastors of 
most of those other churches, we talk about you all the time. You know, I'll give you two of my members for two future draft choices from yours, you know. It's not really, like, but, you know, some, I know people go sometimes to different churches, and sometimes there's good reason. And it's like, one of my friends will come up, I think you got a, I've got a couple of your people coming to my church. I said, oh, really, who? Oh, you can keep them, you know. I mean, but it's okay. The first metaphor, God is building a home. Why would he choose a building to be an illustration for the church? Because there's a benefit. A building, you get support and stability. We hold each other up. We're all connected. When you have that connection, it, 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 I, that's what I'm saying about Derek. He didn't have any support, and there was no stability. You weren't meant to go through life disconnected. You need other people who will walk with you. In your life, you're going to need it. If you don't need it now, you know, I asked a couple weeks ago, is this the worst time of your life? And many of you raised your hand. Are you still doing it by yourself? Don't do that anymore. Get in one of our home teams. Get involved in one of the teams that serves around here because they spend time together and talk and pray. Don't do it alone anymore. Please. Please don't do it alone anymore. So, the church is a building. Secondly, the church is God's body. It connects me to, to, to Christ's body. What, I, what do I mean by that? This is the word picture used the most in the Bible. It means we experience Christ's lordship. What does that mean? He's the head of the body. We experience him as the boss, the one who calls the plays, you know? Let me just read this to you. All this energy issues from Christ. God raised him from death, set him on a throne in deep heaven, this is Paul talking, in charge of running the universe, everything from galaxies to governments, no name, no power, exempt from his rule. And not just for the time being, but forever. He's in charge of it all, has the final word on everything. At the center of all this, Christ rules the church. The church, you see, is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. The church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts, by which he fills everything with his presence. See, the church is the whole point of everything. He was bringing it all to culmination through us, and he's willing to do whatever it takes to get us ready to be all that he wants us to be, to rule and reign with him. He says, we will be his bride. The church is gonna be God's bride. If you can grasp that, you're doing a lot better than me. I don't know what that means. I mean, I don't think I'm going to make that pretty of a bride myself, but he seems to want all of us together. And we're his bride to rule and reign. And everything else is peripheral. So does that mean that God is all about America? I want America to be strong forever, and it's going to be the greatest democracy. No, America's peripheral to us. He might let America go down the tubes. He might let America have like the worst presidential candidates in history sometimes, you know? I mean, he might. You never know. One day he might. And, and, and just because he's going to teach us something in the midst of it. 
you know, what this adds up to, Paul says, is this. No more lies, no more pretense. Tell your neighbor the truth. In Christ's body, we're all connected to each other after all. When you lie to others, you end up lying to yourself. What's he talking about? Well, lying, but he's talking about pretense. You see, when you're dying, when you're hurting, when you're going down for the last time and you come to church and you go like, hey, everything's great. Got my Christian smile on. Look, see your face, smile. You're lying. Now, I know that you don't want to be the one that when people say, how you doing? You got 47 minutes. I need to tell you about my wife right now. You know, don't be that guy, right? But get in a home team because in home team, we talk about things. We share things. We, we share our hurts and our heartaches. And some of you are going like, I'm afraid to get in a home team because I don't know anything about the Bible and I'm going to look ignorant. You will not look ignorant in our home team. There's like one person that might share uh, and they're the teacher and we help them know what to share. If you want to be that, we can help you with that. But then the rest of them are, everybody else is just going like, here's where I am. Here's what's going on. Here's what I need. Here's what we want to pray together for. Ephesians. Now, Romans, this is a really important one. Just as there are many parts to our bodies, so it is with Christ's body. We're all parts of it. It takes every one of us to make it complete for each. We each have different work to do. So we belong to each other and each of us needs each other. That's what it means to be connected. It's an important verse because it says we're all parts of the body and we're all unique and there's no one else like you. God loves to make unique things. And some of you are more unique than others, right? But look around you. Look how unique we are. That's awesome. See, man gets all excited. We cloned a sheep. Who cares? It's a clone. We don't need clones. He says, I want to make every snowflake unique. I want to make every person unique. That's why at Community of Faith, we don't just tolerate diversity. We celebrate diversity in every way. You ever gone to a church and everybody's like, well, I'm right down the line politically. I'm right down, you know, everybody's exactly the same, boring. We're going to celebrate you. We're going to love you. And, and we're here for you. Um, God loves diversity. And he says we're all a part of the body. Each one is a body. You're a body part. Did you know that? What body part do you think you are? You know, I had one. I'm probably just a toenail. Have you ever lost a toenail? You, uh, the whole rest of the body is going like, that toenail's gone, right? It hurts, and it's, you notice it. We don't all have to be a mouth. I've probably got enough mouth for everybody, right? But he's given each of us these different parts to do I'm needed. And when you don't do, when you don't join in the community, it hurts all of us. And when I don't do what I need to do, it hurts you. And that's, that's how this works. We all have a different role to play. It, it's kind of like, you ever done one of those 10,000-piece jigsaw puzzles, you know? Some people have more patience than me. I, I, I do like 100. I do the ones that for the babies, you know, made out of like block and stuff. And I still can't get them right sometimes. But 
10,000 pieces and you get to the end and it's on this table and everything's amazing. It's the most intricate, unbelievable thing and there's a piece missing and it's nowhere, right? And your neighbor comes over, look at that amazing, oh, there's a piece missing. They say that right away. Like, Look at that crazy, no, there's a piece. See, and that's what it's like when there's a piece missing, we know it, you sense it. I cannot fulfill God's purpose for my life by myself. You must be connected. People, you know, Paul warned about people who are, are, are spiritually disconnected. I love Jesus, but I, I, don't, I don't like church. I, I don't want to go to church. Now, there's a lot of different kind of churches. You know, there's house church. Like our home groups are really churches. Say, I, want to go, I don't want to go big. I want to go small. Great. There they are, okay? But I don't like, it's like saying, Jesus, I really like you, but your body, nah, sucks, bad, don't like it. How would you like to say that to your wife? I really like you a lot, but I hate your body. Ooh. It's kind of a little bit of a slap, isn't it? You know? And, and God's got to feel that way. That doesn't really make sense. It says in Colossians 2, they're not connected to Christ, the head of the body. He's talking about the church. But we are joined together in this body, the church, by his strong sinews. That's the connected stuff. And we grow only as we get our nourishment and strength from God. We grow only as we let God be the head, but we're connected together. Why is it that you need the church so bad? Well, see, most of us, we already know what to do. We just haven't been able to do it. We need to get a group around us that says, come on, Mark, you can do this. That's why it says, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another. Now, it's going to take a while in your group to where you get there and go, man, I'm really struggling with this. Or my wife and I are really having a hard time. And you know what? When you say that, everybody else is going, ditto, ditto, ditto. We always think we're the only ones dealing with these particular things. You know what the Bible says? Every temptation, every struggle that we have is common to mankind. What does that mean? Basically, it doesn't matter what you're struggling with. There's about 20 or 30 other people in here struggling with the same thing. And I think all of us struggling with whatever that is would like to get over that. We'd like to get past that. We'd like to get through that. So let's do it together. How many things in your life you, you know you want to change, you've known you want to change, but you just don't have the support? It takes other people. So the benefit of a body, by being part of the body of Christ, we find life and growth. Then the last one, real quickly. The church is God's branches. We experience Christ's exponential power. That's what it's talking about. Jesus said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. When I join Christ's church, I get connected to the exponential power of Jesus. It connects me to the power of Jesus. And it's not just power, it becomes exponential through all of us. I move from I go to community of faith to I am community of faith, and I don't just believe, I belong. Matthew 18, Jesus talking. Again, 
Truly, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there am I with them. He's talking about church. Do you have a church of three? Yeah. Yeah. And that word agree, we get our word symphony from. And it's this idea, like if I had a grand piano up here on the stage, and there was another one way back in the back of the room, and I got up here and I played middle C, ding, 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 just kept doing it. You know what's happening to the middle C string on the grand piano back there? It starts to vibrate. Did you know that? It starts vibrating. It's picking up on this one. That's what he's saying. When, when, when you come and say, hey, 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 home team, God's put this on my heart right now to pray for my son or to pray for, for, for this person at work. And, and someone else will go, I want to do that with you. I feel that too. Or to pray for what's going on in our nation about this or about that. I feel that too. And it starts to be a symphony and it breaks through into the unseen world as you agree together and it just blows that stuff to smithereens. All those fortresses, all those things that are trying to hold it back. Or we can just pray by ourselves, and that's good too. But if you wanna see the exponential power, see, Jesus said two things. You do it that way and also you get in your closet and just pray by yourself. But I think when we're praying by ourselves, a lot of it is saying, God, help me understand what you're doing here. Help me get in touch with what you're trying to accomplish here so I can be on the same page. Jesus said it like this. I'm the vine, you're the branches. If you stay connected to me and I'm connected to you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, what did Jesus say that we can do apart from him? Nothing. You agree with that? Well, I think I can do it something. I think he's saying nothing that's going to make any kind of eternal difference. Nothing that's going to amount to anything in his eyes. Nothing. Connections empower us. The power flows through connections. I mean, it's a picture of a vineyard. I'm the vine. You're the branches. And he's saying, this, this church, it's the branches. And we're all in this. We're all connected to him. What do you call a grape that's disconnected from the whole vine? What do you call that grape? Well, eventually you're going to call it a raisin. Don't be a raisin. Have you seen a raisin? I'm living for Jesus. This is the best thing I've ever done in my life. Oh, I love a Christian life. It's so great. Everybody's going like, ugh, raisin. Slightly better than a prune. Not much. You know, you want to see fruit? What's the fruit? The fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5, 22 and 23. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. You need some peace right now? Patience, kindness, goodness faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. If you look at those things, you, you can't love by yourself. It, it, it comes in communion with other people. Patience. 
Well, you can have patience with yourself to some extent, but more about with each other, right? Almost all of these are like with one another. So what kind of fruit do you want in your life? The benefit. The benefit of being the branch. I'm the vine. He says, you're the branches. I find God's power to change. I want you to hear this. This is really important. There's some things in your life right now that you don't like about you. You don't like them. There's some things in your life that you would give almost anything to change them. Maybe you've tried already and you failed. Maybe you failed many times. Maybe you just think that's what it's supposed to be. God, you know, I guess this is it. This is just me. I'll get to heaven and you'll fix it one day. You know, that's not what his plan is. He said, confess your sins to one another. Pray for one another and you will be healed. Not you might be. That would be really a nice dream. But you see, you can't do that until you get in a group of people that gets to know each other and starts to realize they can trust each other. And they begin to do that. I'll never forget, I was, I was in a place like that and I shared one of my most vulnerable things that I'd wanted to change forever. And as I was prayed for, everything changed. And I thought, this is really true. And not only did that, it kept rolling out. It, it, it was like this tidal wave of change throughout my whole life in all of my relationships and everything that I knew. It was it's so incredible. Like on a football team, you know, I was reading about this little football team. They were so undersized on defense in high school. And the coach said, guys, we cannot be individual stars. We're going to have to team tackle. And that's what they did. And they went so much further in the playoffs than anyone thought they could because every time someone's got the ball running it, they were smashed by like eight guys every time. Some things are so big in your life, you need a team to tackle them. I'll close with the great confession. The great confession, not my confession, Peter's confession. Jesus one day, he's with his little motley group of disciples and he said, who do people say that I am? And they said, well, some people say that you're a great prophet. Some people say that you're one of the great Old Testament prophets come back. Some people say that you're a great person, a great speaker, a great man. And he said, that's fine. But who do you say that I am? And Peter, who so many times puts his foot in his mouth, he got it right this time. He just looked right at Jesus. He said, you are the Christ. What is the, the Christ is the promised one from God that was gonna make things right. You are the Christ the son of the living God. And here is what Jesus said back to him. Heaven and earth hasn't revealed this to you. My father in heaven, Peter, showed you this. And I give you the name Peter, a stone. 
Now, Simon was his name before, and he was the most wishy-washy guy you could ever imagine. Like he would go from following Jesus to cussing and swearing and running off on his own. But he said, I see you, and I see what you're going to be. And you're going to be a rock. You're going to be a rock in the stream that the water breaks around you, and you don't move. And on this bedrock, this truth that you just profess, that I am the Christ, the son of the living God, this will be the foundation on which I will build my church and the gates of hell will not be able to overpower it. Is there an area of your life where the gates of hell have overpowered you in your marriage right now? And just, maybe you're here and you're like, maybe you feel suicidal. Don't go out there alone like he did. If you're a believer, you're going to go to heaven, but God's going to go, oh, I had some good things for you right around the corner. Ah, he short-circuited it. Ah, I love you, though. I love you anyway. But here's the thing. Some of you, you've been praying for that kid of yours by yourself forever. Time to get in a group and say, I need to let you know that my kid's really struggling. Would you guys really grab hold of this with me? Can we pray together? Some of you, it's your marriage. Some of you, it's, it's the financial stuff going on. Some of you, you're just worried about America right now, and you're, where is it going? I can't figure out what's going to happen. And you just need to get with other people. That doesn't mean that you get to impose your will on God. But let me tell you, I've been praying for the elections. I'm saying, come kingdom of God upon these elections. Be done, will of God. He told us we could pray that, and it will happen, okay? So do it. Then you better accept whatever happens. But you do it, and you vote, and you do your, but it's not about America. It's about us. He's teaching us something. He's training us. In the most evil of times, the gospel shines the brightest. In the most difficult of times. I've asked the band to come back and just close us with this song together. And you're going to see some people that have joined into our home teams and some things that have changed in their life as they are up on the screens on the side. Some little signs telling you what they are. I want you to just kind of bask in that. But I also want you to do something else. I want you to make a decision in your mind right now. I will join a home team. You haven't been baptized yet. I will get baptized. I'm going to do it this week. I promise you, you'll never regret it. I am community of faith. I am community of faith. The power starts to flow, not because we're great, because it's God's plan. 